So here we are in the final sermon in our short sermon series on Haggai. And uh, I've loved preaching through this. And in our first message, uh, we looked at Haggai's first prophecy. And there we saw how Haggai was challenging the people of Israel who had just come back to Jerusalem, who'd been given the task of rebuilding the temple, but failed to do so because they had focused on their own needs, building up their own households and doing their own thing. And Haggai challenges them, challenges them to effectively to seek first the kingdom, which is the strap line for the sermon series. He says, put God first, get your priorities right, build the temple, put God at the centre of your community life. And then in our second sermon, he builds on that and says, be obedient. He was saying, don't look back to what used to be. And for us, the danger is we can always look back to how things used to be and be distracted and think, today's no good. And yet all we are called to do is to be obedient today to the things that God says to us. Our task today is to simply hear the word of the Lord and to be obedient to that word. Whether that compares well or not to previous generations or to other churches, our job is to simply be obedient. And then building on that, we saw how God provides for us when we are obedient. And now in this third prophecy, Haggai builds on it again. And this prophecy uh, is given just a couple of months after the second one. And uh, we've seen each week how Haggai is very specific about the dates he puts to each message. And the, the, in chapter two, we have two prophecies and they are both given on the same day. Uh, and that day is December the 18th. The previous one was October the 17th and the one before that was August the 29th. So over a period of, of five months, Haggai is speaking to the people of Israel, giving them challenge and encouragement and inspiration to do the work God has given them. And in this, he's building up this particular uh, passage. He's building on the previous two messages. And it's all about effectively, it's about holiness. In the first few verses, we have that strange little um, uh, image where God says to them, if someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of the garment and it touches other food, is that other food consecrated? And the answer is no. You see, it cannot catch holiness. And maybe what's going on here is the people of God were thinking, well, here we are, we are the people of God and we're back in the holy city. We're back in the, our land. Surely that makes us holy. And yet because of the way they are living, because of the way they set their priorities, because of their disobedience, God says to them that whatever the, these people do, whatever they offer is defiled. In other words, they were unholy in his sight because of the way they were choosing to live. That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? For all of us, you know, we can, we can think that we're doing okay with God because, well, we go to church or we watch an online service or we do certain things. But ultimately, it's about how we live our life each and every day. And holiness is all about every aspect of our life. There's an incredible book on holiness by the first Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle. And in that book, I mean, the book is theologically and biblically dense. It takes a while to work your way through it. 
but it speaks about how holiness touches every aspect of life and that we are to be a people who are holy because God is holy and who display his holiness in the way that we treat people, in the way that we handle money and relationships, in the way that we handle power and authority. We are to be a people who are holy. And the strapline for this sermon series is seek first the kingdom. In other words, put God at the top of your priority list. But the second part of that verse in Matthew 6 is seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek the holiness of God. For each and every one of us, that's a challenge. Because in some way, like these Israelites, we all compromise on our faith in all sorts of areas. And probably areas that you've not even thought of. And sometimes we think that we're doing okay and we think that we're, we're fine and we're living a good life and a holy life. And yet when we read some aspect of scripture, we suddenly realize, hmm, I'm actually not doing as well as I thought I was. See, it's not just about being good holiness. It's about displaying the very character and nature of God. How can we do that? Well, we do that through the work of the Holy Spirit through us. We can't simply choose to live a holy life. It is the work of the Spirit through us that allows us to do that. But some of it is simply about the choices we make as well, about making sure we are putting God first, making sure that we are being obedient to everything that we know God has said to us. We are called to be holy as God is holy. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. That's the call upon our life. And then in the second part of that first, in in that initial prophecy, Haggai picks up on something that he gave in his very first message where he talks about how the people who'd come back to Jerusalem had been working hard on their own thing. But all that they had done was disappointing. They'd harvested, but didn't have enough to eat. They'd created wine, but didn't have enough to drink. They were putting money in purses, but the purses had holes in. And God picks up on that same idea again. He says to them, look, you know, you are working your own way. You're doing your own thing, but it's not proving to be fulfilling, is it? Because you've not got your priorities right and you're not being obedient. And a couple of times in this passage, he says a phrase that came up in chapter one. It's basically consider your life. Give careful thought. And I think that's the one thing that I would want us all to do out of this sermon series, to just consider our life in the light of Scripture. And here he says, you know, consider your life. You've been living life your way and it's not produced what you wanted it to produce. God says to them, when anyone came to heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. You expected something, but it was less than what you expected. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. That would have been disappointing, wouldn't it, to have less wine than you expected? He says this, I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hail, but you did not return to me. See, all this unfulfilled life was actually the work of God in the people to try and bring them back to him. 
They, up until this point, they had chosen not to do that. They had ignored what was going on around them and were simply living their own life, regardless of how that life was turning out. But now things were changing because of the message of Haggai and also the message of Zechariah. They were coming back to God. And there's a promise here. Again, in verse, uh, the end of verse 18, give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. Then he says, from this day on, I will bless you. From this day on, from this day, the day that they had chosen to act and to be obedient, the day they had chosen to put the kingdom of God first, to put God first in their life, from that day on, he will bless them. And can you see the correlation here between this in Haggai and also what Jesus says in Matthew 6? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you know the second part. And all these other things I will give to you. There Jesus is saying to the people who are listening to him, look, don't worry about how you're going to be clothed or what you're going to eat. God will take care of you. All you have to do is seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All the other stuff God will look after. See, for many of us, the moment we start thinking about putting God first, there's something going on at the back of our minds. If I seek God first, what about all the things that I want to do? What about all the things that I need? What about my dreams and ambitions? What about how I want to live my life? It sounds like, doesn't it, when you say, put God first, that you're going to live a life of hardship and sacrifice. And to some extent, that will always be true. But there is hardship and sacrifice in every aspect of life, whether you're with Christ or without Christ. And being with Christ brings its own particular hardships and its own particular sacrifices. But here, he says, look, regardless of this, seek first the kingdom and I will look after all the other stuff for you. See, God is concerned about every aspect of our life, isn't he? All the things that you've worried about, all the things that you've thought, I don't know if I can give that up, I want to focus on that. God's concerned about those things. He can, he's concerned about how you will look after your family. He's concerned about what kind of life partner you'll have. He's concerned about what kind of retirement you'll have. All those things he is concerned about. But if you chase those things, they will prove to be unfulfilling. If you seek first the kingdom, he will look after all the rest. Isn't that a good deal? Isn't that actually what we really want? To glorify God in our life and for him to look after all the worrying things that go on? Isn't that the best deal that you can actually have? I want to encourage you today to consider your life and to seek first the kingdom and to bring before God all the other stuff that might get in the way. I say, Lord, I know that you care for me so much that you care about these things as well. Lord, would you deal with that? As I seek the kingdom, would you deal with that? And his promise here is, I will bless you. From that day on, I will bless you. And then in the, th the, the final prophecy of Haggai. It's a very specific prophecy given to Zerubbabel. Not that easy to say. And he says here 
to Zerubbabel, and I'm not going to say that name again. I'm going to shake the heavens. And that idea of shaking is common in scripture. And we, we talked about it in uh, our deeper video, I think it was last week or the week before, also in an email uh, a couple of weeks ago, that in the Bible talks about shaking. It talks about how sometimes nature provides a shaking that leaves us vulnerable, or how other people act in such a way that leaves us shaken. And particularly within scripture, that's usually about nations or tribes overwhelming other tribes and nations. And sometimes it's God himself doing it. And we've all been shaken by what's happened in this last 18 months. None of us expected this to happen. We've all been shaken. The question is, have we held on to our priorities during this time? And see what God's saying here to Zerubbabel, and I said I wouldn't say it again, but I need to, is look, Despite all the shaking, I am going to make you like a signet ring. And there's two things about a signet ring. One is it was very precious. The other is it was a sign of authority. A signet ring was something someone held onto. It was either a ring, literal ring, or something that went around the neck. And it was usually uh, something very precious in terms of either gold or silver, and maybe inlaid with uh, precious stones. And people would have to look after that very carefully. And this is God's promise to look after Zerubbabel in the midst of all the shaking. But also it's a sign of authority. People would use it to, to stamp a seal, to say this has my authority. And the one thing I want to take out of this prophecy is to, to remind us all that we carry the authority of God. When we seek first his kingdom, when we choose to be obedient, when we live a life of holiness, we carry the authority of God. And as we come out of these restrictions, I want to remind you that you are to carry something of the holiness of God as you re-enter kind of normal life, wherever that looks like for you. You carry the holiness of God. You are meant to display that to others but you also carry the authority of God. You are to act in his name. I am so looking forward to, to discovering how it all works out for you as you choose to do that. Because I know that some of you will have incredible stories of what God might do through you if you choose to put the kingdom of God first, to be obedient, to seek his righteousness, and to live in the authority that God has given you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that here in this passage we have so much to see of what you've done in our lives today. Help us, Lord, to be a people who are holy in every aspect of our life, who are living life in the way that glorifies you, who are living life well. Help us, Lord, to be a people who also carry your authority in the world, who act and speak for you in such a way that it glorifies you. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us as we choose to do that now. In Jesus' name, amen.